You're listening to the second season of the Junior Hereford Show. You're a Hereford enthusiast, or maybe a fellow junior, and you could be that excited individual ready to take on the future of the beef industry. I'm Ralston Rip, your host. Get ready to learn, lead, and achieve. Welcome back to the Junior Hereford Show and to our series of Where Are You Now? Visiting with NJHMA members after they have aged out of the program and gone on to their next adventure and seeing what they're up to and how they got there. This month, I am very excited to sit down with Ben Jensen. And Ben, I'm just going to let you kind of take a few minutes to introduce yourself and maybe where are you at right now? Okay, well, uh, hopefully it won't take that many minutes to introduce myself. I grew up in a Hereford ranch in North Central Kansas. I was always involved in NHA growing up, and both of my older siblings were as well. I enjoyed showing cattle from a young age. I also enjoyed engaging with people at the junior nationals and meeting people from across the country, and I honestly think just that exposure to meeting people from all across the nation and different parts of the cattle industry, well, especially the Hereford industry, but also many of the people who were involved at NJHA come from many different backgrounds in terms of agriculture, because many people do lots of other things as well, alongside showing cattle. So I think getting to meet people from everywhere really helped me along my way in uh, learning what the agricultural industry was about and how it was important to feeding the world and of course feeding the people in this great um, nation of ours and honestly growing up and showing cattle has exposed me to many people that I still am really good friends with today and that has just led me to growing up and getting involved in 4-H, FFA, as well as livestock judging at the collegiate level. When I was involved judging collegiate level, it turns out many people came as well to college such as livestock that grew up showing Hereford cattle. Yeah. And having those friends was a nice just backer to already meeting lots of people through livestock judging. And more, to, more than that, I appreciate seeing cattle from across the country at those national cattle shows and helping out my dad and my mom and my family with incorporating ideas from people across the country into the cattle herd that we have at near Cortland, Kansas. I don't know, I don't know how many people would know where that's at, but um, it's in North Central Kansas. Like I said, not too far from Nebraska, actually is closer to when we have the junior nationals in Grand Island than Kansas City. But that's kind of part of who I am. I also really enjoy um, watching sports. I enjoy many other things as well. And I'm really strong uh, in my faith. And I really do believe that's the most important thing in my life. And so that's where I'm at. And now currently, I work at an ag radio station near home, about an hour from where I grew up in Clay Center, Kansas. And I uh, work doing agriculture news and interview agriculture professionals uh, regularly for the radio station. And as well as I just hope that farmers can get the pertinent information they need 
to help their operations become profitable so they can sustain their families uh, and just have a quality of life in rural America that's very well suited for people because many good people, I think, in our nation come from rural America. So that's what I'm doing now. Awesome. Well, you probably are have more experience than me of just interview, interviewing people on the daily and really learning about them. And um, now you're on the flip side a little bit and get to be the one talking about yourself. So how does that feel kind of being on the opposite end? Uh, it feels, I don't have a strong feeling towards it. It definitely, it feels good to talk about what I do opposed to always asking other people, mainly because once I hear so many other people's stories, I just uh, kind of forget about myself. I don't have a great answer for that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's exciting. Uh, well, we're going to have fun in this episode. And you really gave us um, a good synopsis of who you are and what you believe in and what you're really passionate about. And I kind of want to dive into that a little deeper. Um, so you had mentioned livestock judging and growing up on a ranch and, uh, you know, being surrounded around the show ring your whole life. And um, what was some of your favorite memories or kind of life lessons that you've learned from that and are using now? Well, as far as life lessons growing up showing cattle, I think the strongest part of learning life lessons as you go through a junior program is just how to be confident, at least in your ability enough to be able to get a job done well and just setting goals. I think that was maybe the one of the biggest things that towards the end of my showing career that really struck me as important was just believing in a goal that you can set. And if you believe you can do something that is a strong uh, backer of actually being able to do it, um, the opposite side of getting too, too confident and, uh, you know, maybe pushing yourself too hard is another side of things that I learned and having to find that balance between uh, having some leisure time, even though growing up on a farm is like constant work and stress, right? Yeah. Having some leisure time uh, for uh, just observing the cattle, talking to friends that are in the cattle industry, because really it's more about the people. And when, and I think people, just as people, we need to be able to communicate. And I think that's healthy. And it's almost like a breath, a breath of fresh air after getting back, other than obviously being really tired getting back from a large event and just hearing so many people from them you haven't seen in a year. It's like a breath of fresh air and uh, you just feel more like yourself having other people to talk to all the time at some of the bigger shows. And, you know, you make friends, you don't see them very much. So that's also nice. Oh yeah, for sure. It's always seems like a big family gathering when you get to a show. And then when you go home, um, it's almost like you need a little bit of quiet time just to reflect on all the conversation and connections that get made there. Mm -hmm. So with that, um, I know you've done a lot of traveling and you've been surrounded um, by a lot of mentors in your life for different moments that have really shaped you to who you are. Do you have any fun specific stories that you really remember as a junior or even, you know, as a younger um, child growing up that 
really made you fall in love with agriculture um, or even just fun and that you can really remember of being around Hereford cattle? Oh, there's plenty uh, <laughs> stories that I don't know. I don't like to ever, I like to avoid saying I love agriculture. Mm-hmm. I love what agriculture does. Mm-hmm. Um, agriculture isn't in it isn't the end. I think the it's just the means of uh, producing food and helping or getting food to people that that's the most important part. But as far as fun stories, there's lots of uh, great stories you can tell. Um, I mean, whether it was like one of the first few junior nationals, uh, whether at Kansas City, oh man, there's um, I'm trying to think of one in particular that I think one of the stories I haven't told a lot and my family has some, but it's kind of funny. At one of my first year nationals I went to was in Indianapolis. Uh, I think the NJHA board member was Matt Wolfolk, and he was like leading in people, and you're always supposed to follow a junior board member. And the person told me to follow, I think it was Matt, to follow him and put my heifer where he was going to walk. Well, I I don't remember this 100%, but my family's told me about it so many times. Uh, it's kind of became memory, remade memory through their story. I guess I followed him and he went straight directly to the announcing stand. And I just followed him all the way over there in like a big zigzag line and ended up like in complete wrong spot where I was supposed to set up my heifer. And he was like, what are you doing? I think is what I'm going to guess he had said. I said, well, I was told to follow you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was probably one of the funnier stories. I think I, 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 I kind of used that in one speech one time at a county fair show. It was just like the people who are in like leading these junior board, they are the examples for kids younger. And so just like, it's really hard to know where you're going uh, when you're just walking freely um, out and about in the show ring and not having anybody to kind of guide you especially when you're starting out young and so having a a strong role model and an example to follow and kind of like I think there was this recent cattle show in Great Bend that I judged as county fair and the kid couldn't couldn't get the didn't know where to go exactly it was one of his first shows and I just had the junior board member lead him and he knew where he was going and the kid just followed right along and made it to the right spot. And I was like, yep, that is an example of like, if you have a good leader and they're going the right direction, the right spot, then the people who are younger will follow them to the right spot and also uh, learn from that example. No, but. that's that's a really cool story. Um, not only I'm sure your family had a good chuckle about it, but oh, I think your metaphor... <laughs> your metaphor really you never know who's watching you and just always having a good leader um that's a cool one for sure so talking about um growing up and growing up showing herford cattle and going to college and livestock judging um you kind of got into where you are now and i'd love to learn a little bit more insight of how you ended up where you are and what led you to um enjoying visiting with producers and getting agriculture news out there and kind of what you do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and by the way, uh, no offense to Matt if he listens to this. I wasn't saying he was a bad role model. I was just saying that was an example. But yeah, as far as where I'm at now, 
Uh, I, yeah, like I was saying, I work in ag radio, so I have a few different um, segments, such as a livestock show that plays in the morning, and that's just all about uh, new livestock information, and not just new livestock information, but the old reliable information from veterinarians that people are needing to get reminded of yearly in and out, whether it's making sure there is proper bedding uh, for certain times of the year, if there's a snowstorm coming up, or just good insight and knowledge from people who who have it concentrated, uh, concentrated knowledge bits of certain parts, such as like extension agents who specialize in uh, cow-calf management or extension agents who specialize in feedlot uh, management or special specializations. So that's one of the shows. And another one I do is uh, on the front porch and that's more a variety, but I try to always make sure that it's uh, for a good cause and usually ends up being agriculturally related since it is full-time ag radio. It's full all the day long yeah. ag talk. And so that's just lots of ag news. And we do some commodity market segments. And I was just recently at NCBA and I got an interview some people from different livestock um, associations, companies, and also some other ones that were there through other agricultural ventures. And I uh, kind of get a broader scope of what the ag industry is um, through this job and seeing, I guess there's, there's way, way more than just, uh, just the cow-calf production side, which would be more of my um, early knowledge. But now I see the the grain side and I see the the oil side, the soybean oil side, there's um, cotton. Yeah, there's just lots of different little segments of the ag industry I am reporting on and I have to know it now. And so that's very expanding of my knowledge base around agriculture. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Um, I love that you say you're still growing and learning. And uh, one of my favorite quotes that I came upon when I was doing an internship was a gentleman told me that the day we stop choosing to learn is the day we stop choosing to live. And so I think that's very wise. If we're always growing, we're always learning. There's always more to the story than we know, or more to um, one segment than that we're just kind of funneled in on than kind of the whole picture. So um, I love that. That's awesome that you get to kind of expand your knowledge, expand your connections and um, continue to learn about all sectors in our industry. So with that, um, in ag broadcasting was, did you ever think that you would be doing ag news or be on the radio or what was kind of your dream job growing up? Okay. Yeah. Um, one real quick, real quick. Cause I'm always very, I try to be very, uh, moderate and, yeah. uh, as far as always learning, I, well, I agree with that statement. I, I really also am strong, strongly proponing, uh, I'm a strong proponent of that. There is only like one truth of it, of things, not like anything like that. So there is a limited amount of things you can know that are useful. I'm not, I'm not saying it like learning is everything, but no, yeah. Growing and learning is a big part of life. I agree with that. But yeah, as far as dream jobs, um, I think growing up, I had like 30 million dream jobs. Um, as far as just walking around the ag ranch, just imagining of things I could do. And maybe that is part of the reason why uh, I have so many different like 
interest now uh, as far as between ag policy, whether it's uh, not just ag policy, I'm trying to think, um, ag policy, there's other ones, economics, uh, and that might be, that might help me be able to be a wider, have a wider expansion of what I'm interested in to cater to different people who are listening. But yeah, as far as a dream job, when I was really young, I wanted to be an engineer, um, like an agriculture engineer, but I really didn't know what that meant then. And then I grew up a little bit more and I wanted to be a lawyer, like, like I said, ag policy. And then I became interested in some of the ag marketing side of it. And so, so all of that, it makes sense now and I utilize it in different ways. And uh, as far as it's, it's a broad picture in agriculture, there is, there's so many sides of things. So that's why the learning thing I was talking about earlier is ever, ever expanding, but um, definitely good to, definitely good to not just make everything about learning because <laughs> it's always good to have a good, strong basis of just strong uh, wisdom to know that you can only do so much in a day and learn so much in a day. And uh, that's a really good to just like reflect on things as you go and learn and think um, as far as throughout my career so far, my first year out of college, right? Yeah. So Ben, was there anything specific that drove you to KFRN network um, specifically? Or were you just um, looking for a job kind of anywhere in ag broadcasting and ag news? Or was there anything specific about that place that you really loved? Yeah, there was early on when I first had heard about the job was the fact that it was closer to home and it covered our area. But when I first had heard about the job, I wasn't looking at jobs in ag broadcasting at that time. Uh, my senior year, I was I was looking at uh, commodity trading jobs, and um, but this involves quite a bit of commodity markets. So, but as far as other broadcasting jobs, I wasn't. Or as far as other broadcasting areas, I always kind of wanted to start a podcast, but then I didn't want to be the guy like everybody was starting podcast, <laughs> and I knew like I knew that it would just give me so much um, backfiring if it didn't go well. Well, now I have to do lots of different podcasts. And so, yeah, um, yeah well, most it, podcasts are becoming really popular now. And I, I think that's good. I think uh, I think audio is a good way to get information out. And radio is, is a strong, uh, strong, strong way to get free information uh, to the listener. And so I appreciate that. And that's that's part of the reason why I, I enjoy what I do because it's free and people get uh, the information that they need. And you know, everything's a streaming service now that costs money. So um, appreciate that. Uh, just goodwill of helping people out through solid information, especially in the agriculture industry. Yeah, for sure. Um, being efficient and getting it easily to the user are um, I love that you talked about helping others and that's pretty cool. So kind of coming back full circle here, you mentioned you're close to home too. So what is kind of your next steps or your next goals um, in whether it's your job, whether it's in agriculture in general or in the beef industry, what are you kind of hoping to achieve 
um, as your next uh, as your next goal in the next five years? Good question. There is, I seems like it seems like I come up with different goals every day, and I think that's the the more prudent route is to come up with goals every day for what you can do uh, that day. Um, and then as far as five years away, I would prefer to still be um, involved with agriculture. And I also, what regardless of whether what happens, I do think I will still be in some way making a podcast or some kind of audio um, editing. Because looking back on what I did, what I was interested in growing up, and especially in college, I listened to quite a bit of different um, podcasts. And um, when I was young, I younger, I was fairly good at audio editing, and I was decent with computers. So that probably will be part of it. And um, hopefully it'll be, it'll be some kind of podcast or radio show that is helping people in agriculture. That will be the main uh, idea. But as far as five years from now, I'm just hoping to be still healthy and happy and my family is all um, still getting along and we're still still growing with our uh, cattle operation back home and whether whether or not we grow in numbers, but just growing in love in general of of others and of everything that we do uh five five years from now is a long ways away is that 2028 um yeah. hopefully have a solid strong like start for the for the rest of my life with, with a home and potentially a farm or a ranch or uh just a just a good solid place with a good career and still doing that podcast or rate and radio show um there's, there's, that's a hard question. I, I don't, I'm not good at those kind of questions always. No worries. Lots of unknowns between now and then. Um, but I think you definitely have the determination to get wherever you want to go. So I'm excited to see what next adventures you take on. So with that, as we're coming to kind of a conclusion here on our podcast, there's a fun question that I have been asking kind of all my listeners and Ben, I would love to know what you define success. How would you define success? Defining success is hard because there's so many, like there's so many ways of defining success. Uh, Really success comes down to the individual, but I think in some way, every individual is the same and that we, we are all, um, made with the same dignity, uh, same human dignity. So I think, I think success is um, growing in goodwill for others and helping others in a way that is effective as a member of the human race and just helping people who you can help at that time. And you only meet so many people and there's only so many ways and you use using your skill set in effective way of helping others very well. And of course, the main thing, I know there's a really good quote by John Wooden. He just, I can't remember it right now, but the the best way to be successful is to give yourself to others in a way that helps them and in a and people will appreciate that and will 
regardless if they help you, you'll at least have a friend in return and you will have the good feeling of helping the other person. And I guess it's not just that, it's also uh, maintaining good health and strong relationships with friends and family. And um, one, one way of measuring success as far as being a people person industry is just how you treat everybody regardless of what position they're in respecting their dignity i think that's a strong indicator of success and of course um growing and learning new ways of helping people but still remembering that it's not about not about all about you know the money or anything it's it's more about um, how you're using it and how you're using your time effectively, uh, but you still have to have the strong basis for um, a good life with your family and friends and your um, and with your community. So that's probably how I measure success. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's good. What's been fun for me getting to ask everyone is just like you said at the beginning is there's so many ways you can define it and um, it's unique how everyone defines it to themselves and measures it. And I appreciate you sharing your perspective with us today and can definitely de tell with your passion for what you do and helping others that you are determined to meet all your goals and um, really be good at them all too and be productive and efficient in helping farmers and ranchers across the country. So thank you, Ben, for hopping on. We have loved catching up with you as an NJHA alum and wish you the best in your next adventure. All right, well, thank you, Ralston. I appreciate that and I wish the best for you. Um, or thank you for allowing me to join this podcast today. Appreciate that and I hope everything is going well. Um, yep, that's it. <laughs>